0: Welcome to another edition of the Long Gospel Devotional. My name is Eric Sorensen. I'm a pastor at Hillside Church here in Roxbury, New Jersey, as well as a contributor to 1517 in numerous ways, including co hosting the weekly podcast, 30 Minutes in the New Testament, with Dan Emory Price, and contributing in other ways as well. Good to be here with you again this week as we look at God's two words throughout all of the scriptures. Uh, The scripture we're going to be focusing on this week is the upcoming epistle text for this Sunday's lectionary. And so why don't we go ahead and get right to it and pull it up so we can dive in. It comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Of course, that passage comes right on the heels of... Maybe the most famous, certainly the most famous passage in Ephesians and one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. The one that tells us that it is by grace that we are saved through faith and this not of ourselves, uh, but in entirely the work of God so that no one may boast. And now Paul is going to describe really the implications of that statement for, well, all the people that are part of God's church, both Jews and Gentiles, because that is the focus of it. And so, first of all, he he directs our attention, or at least the Gentiles' attention, in this passage, passage to remembering who they were. He writes in verse 11, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember, there's that word again, that you were at that time separated from christ alienated from the commonwealth of israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without god in the world well obviously paul doesn't hesitate in spelling out exactly how bleak things were for gentiles let's go over it just a little bit but first a brief word about jewish and gentile relations this is from the scholar william Barclay. He says back then the Jew had an immense contempt for the Gentile. The Gentiles said the Jews were created by God to be fuel for the fires of hell. God, they said, loved only Israel of all the nations that he had made. In fact, it was not even lawful to render help to a Gentile mother in her hour of sorest need. Why? For that would simply be to bring another Gentile into the world. Until Christ came... The Gentiles were an object of contempt to the Jews. The barrier between them, well, was absolute. If a Jewish boy married a Gentile girl or if a Jewish girl married a Gentile boy, the funeral of that Jewish boy or girl was carried out. Such contact with a Gentile was the equivalent of death. Well, that gives you just a little bit of a picture of the historic contempt that existed between the two parties, both Jews and all other people that weren't Jews, namely Gentiles. There was, yeah, frankly, immense hatred. They disgusted each other and the Jews were utterly disgusted by the Gentiles. Sometimes the Gentiles were referred to as as merely stones. They were like rocks. They were worthless. Uh, And so it is into that context that Paul writes about the Gentiles when he says that they were separated from Christ. This means naturally that that all stood condemned, that they were not in relationship with God. He says they were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. In other words, naturally the Gentiles are not a part of the family of God. They were non-citizens of the kingdom of God. They were strangers to the covenants of promise, Paul says. Now, this is very significant because, of course, all throughout Jewish history, uh, they lived on the promises of God that they would one day have a deliverer and savior. The Gentiles had no such promise and had not been exposed to the promise, even though, of course, the promise had been made in the Old Testament uh, that God would indeed provide a way to save all peoples. He says that right at the beginning and makes it very clear in his uh, promise to Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. Nevertheless, That was avoided, that was not taught. The implications of those things were not taught and Judaism had become an exclusive, extremely exclusive religion uh, in which Gentiles were not to have anything to do with it. And therefore, since they were strangers to the covenants of promise, Gentiles had no hope, Paul says. Now this has a future element to it, but they had nothing to look forward to. There was no hope for them. And as a result, they were without God in the world. They had no direction. They had no guidance. They had no uh, understanding of who God was or what God willed for them. And so the point is, of course, that we can apply to ourselves is that what was true for the Gentiles, in fact, Paul goes on to spell out throughout his letters, and especially in the book of Romans... Well, it turns out that it was naturally true for all of humanity under the law because, of course, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the big revelation in Romans 1 through 3, where. You know, of course, the Judaism of the time thought that they had a leg up on the Gentiles. And in those first three chapters of Romans, Paul dismantles that argument and says, no, there's great benefit to being Jewish because, yes, you were exposed to the word of God. And yes, you had all these promises given to you. But the fact is, you're just as much of a sinner in need of redemption as the Gentiles were. That's the truth. And therefore, the ground is leveled. Again, this is true for every single human being, naturally, apart from the gospel, because every human being is born under the law and therefore worthy of condemnation. But now, Christ. But now in Christ, everything changes in this passage from Paul. He writes in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. For for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So look at what Paul is declaring after he's just said, this is what you were. Remember at one time what you were Gentiles. Now he says, in Christ, you have been brought near. Like the parable of the prodigal son, in which the father reaches out and embraces the son, even as the son is trying to speechify his way to getting back into the good graces of God, getting back into the good graces of his father, no need. The father simply embraces him. Now, this is significant because we know that ancient rabbinic writings uh, actually had them referring to Gentiles as just categorically those who are far off, those who are far away from God. This passage says we are brought near because we are placed in Christ. That's a reference to our baptism in which the name of God is placed upon us and we are inserted into Christ. And the way that he does that is through the blood of Christ. That is, by his death on the cross, he has paid for everyone's sins, both Jew and Gentile alike. And through his perfect life, death, and resurrection, he abolishes the law man that is strong language i suspect that if one was to use such terminology on twitter or facebook uh, out of context they might get attacked viciously by those who would hear such a thing nevertheless paul uses that word abolish and what he means by this is that since jesus fulfills the law he eliminates any idea any potential that one is made right before god by works that's the big idea this was, of course, the running, running theory is that one obeyed their way into right standing with God. Paul knocks that down, knocks it away immediately and says, no, no, no. It's entirely on account of the work of Jesus Christ alone that one is made right with God and one is brought into the family of God or brought near. He goes on, therefore, in Christ, we are all one person. We are all united. Christ has broken down the wall of hostility. Now, now, in the temple at that time, there was actually a wall separating Jew from Gentile. And on that wall, in big letters, there was an inscription that threatened Gentiles with execution if they were to ever cross that wall. Nevertheless, through the death of Christ, the entrance to the Holy of Holies is now available to all. The curtain has been torn in two from top to bottom and the wall has been dismantled so that all can stand on equal footing before God. Of course, I can't help but think about the Berlin Wall falling when I was uh, coming up as a kid. It's such a monumental event and the pictures are such a great illustration of two groups that had been divided for so long finally being together and united. In Christ, we're told, there is a new humanity. Indeed, there's a new way to be human, to reference a song that came out when I was in my early 20s. Paul says as much in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yes, it is the gospel that is the grounding for our unity, and thus we are all in Christ truly equal. There's a new humanity. In Christ, we are reconciled with one another and with God. The war is over. Christ comes declaring peace to you who were far off and to those who are near. He declares peace to everyone because he's won it for everyone. In Christ, we all have access to the same spirit now. We've all been granted the same water of life to drink The Jews don't get one bit of the spirit and the Gentiles get another bit of the spirit. No, we're all drinking from the same water of life. We're all accessing the same exact spirit. Indeed, therefore, there's a whole new way of living. So then you are no longer, as Paul says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Notice how monumental this would have been. Think about this being read in a Roman context where if you had Roman citizenship, it was like being given a great treasure. I mean, you had so much more than the average person who wasn't a citizen. Paul says in Christ, everybody has citizenship in the kingdom of God. Everybody is considered equal, but it goes further. You're no longer strangers, but members of God's household. Now, I know that Olive Garden likes to say that when you're there, that your family, it's not true, but it is true when it comes to the kingdom of God, that in Christ, when you're in Christ, you are made a part of the family. God is your father, Christ is your brother and friend and the Holy Spirit is your guide and your counselor. Indeed, you are no longer strangers, but you are built on the same foundation. This is the great secret. Paul says, all of you have the same word. It comes from the same place because you are built on the word, Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. And so the the imagery here is that we have been, there's multiple images. We're family, we're members of God's household, but also we're being built into a new kind of temple that includes people from all walks of life, from every background, from every place on earth. All of us are being built into this holy temple. And yet, even beyond that, we are no longer strangers, but a dwelling place for God. So, so it's not just that we are the stones, but indeed, we are the place that God has decided to take up residence. His church being multivaried, multifaceted, with people from every background, every walk of life, are filled indeed with the Spirit of God, and therefore He dwells with us. So, what are we to take away from a passage like this with so much good news? Well, the title of this devotional each week is the Law and Gospel Devotional. I, I hope you saw pretty clearly that in the first couple verses, Paul makes the law very clear that naturally all. You know, he uses Gentiles here, but we know from other passages, all are separated from God, all are naturally condemned, all are naturally aliens from, from the citizenship of God. No one has any right to any of it. And yet Paul always comes in with the gospel and says, but because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, you, and when I say you, I mean you watching this video have indeed been brought near. You've been reconciled. You've been made part of the family of God. You are one with God. And therefore, you are part of a community in which all are truly equal. As the old saying goes, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Indeed, no one has any room to boast. We all stand as sinners that have been reconciled and redeemed by an incredibly gracious Lord. Well, I hope that encourages you today. May God richly bless you as you go about your week this week. And I'll look forward to seeing you next Tuesday.